All right. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of Crypto with English. So we're going to take this in a slightly different direction today. You know, often uh, the main focus is blockchain, DeFi, NFTs and related projects. However, um, I'd like to introduce to you all a very special guest and a uh, good friend of mine as well. Also returning guest as well. We're going to focus on some of these uh, fundamentals that really unlock the greatness within people and their business, and essentially the brand and the message they want to communicate to everybody. Because often, um, a lot of the success lies in the messaging. And it's how you articulate these thoughts and how you articulate these overall themes that eventually builds your audience and essentially builds the philosophies, so to say, that make what you're doing successful. So I'd like to warmly introduce to you all uh, a very, very good friend of mine, Karina Burden. Um, if you are on LinkedIn in particular, you most definitely have seen her. So she is the co-founder and co-owner of CPR Construction Cleaning, CPR Productions, and she is the host of the most excellent podcast, The Unstoppable Podcast. Karina, thank you very much for coming back on. Thank you, Adam. You are always so much fun to talk to. Oh, I feel like you. never we are, you know, have a bit availability to chat. We've right. talking for quite some time. Um, right. So I'm excited that I get to be on your show again. And um, you don't kind of change things up for what you do and absolutely what you focus on. So well, yeah, and, and it's nice to kind of flip the script every now and then because I think often uh, there is like a hyper focus, so to say. I think for people who are in tech and let's say if it's crypto. You know, it's easy in some ways to kind of focus on technical details and, you know, you could say kind of the ins and outs of the technology. But, you know, I've seen, you know, and this is quite common, a lot of great ideas fall flat on their faces because it's either the chemistry of the founding members. It's either the lack of patience or due diligence. And a lot of times it's the messaging and kind of what's communicated about the uh, product itself. It just doesn't connect with people. And I think more often than ever, having either a brand, a service or a product connecting with people, I mean, that's an absolute you know, must have. And as somebody who is, that I consider a very, very um, masterful expert on this, you know, I'd like to get into the weeds with some of those uh, you know, ins and outs and some of the things that made you successful and things that have worked for you. And, things that you figured out along the way that aren't as effective or don't work, yeah. you know, so to say. Well, you know, what's interesting about what you just said in regards to, you know, being in crypto is very analytic. It's very detail oriented when it comes to um, your, uh, you know, your analytics and measurements and numbers and things like that. Right. Um, but what's really been an interesting finding for me as I've developed from being an employee, um, kind of dabbling in entrepreneurialism, going back to being an employee, and then ultimately starting my own business. Um, if you have a foundation of what you're building, it does not matter what it is that you do, because I've never been in a sexy type industry ever. It's always been 
very, um, I mean, people could consider it boring, right? I've always, my background is in service-based industry, right? I was in restoration, I was in janitorial, I was in carpet cleaning, and I always provided these services in the uh, commercial real estate world. That's not sexy. That's not emotional. How, how do I bring- Success is sexy regardless. So, you know, you have to get into how you made essentially this huge, uh, you know, this windfall during the beginning yeah. of the lockdowns. And, you know, I, I know we'll get into that, but, you know, yeah. just to throw my two cents into that. Well, so, you know, you, you've got to look at it, though, as what am I building? And so for me, when I created my brand with CPR Construction Cleaning, it's construction cleaning. It's not this sexy industry and it doesn't have this an emotional connection, so to speak. If you write it down on paper, analytically, it's not going to connect emotionally with people. And so that's where I'm saying, if you understand what you're offering and why you're offering it, it's the why that is going to make the appeal go a hundred times farther than just that service or product alone. Right. So that application can really be put on every single business that you can think of and, and create this type of success. How can you connect with another human being? Because behind every business is a person, you and I, everybody who's actually managing it. So how do we connect with the people that we're trying to sell to? Well, we do it on an emotional level. If you look at um, Peloton, Nike, um, Apple products, they always, they don't tell you what they're selling. They sell you on this emotional experience. And by the time you're done, you're like, damn. Feel like i'm gonna cry like somehow sure. i saw someone's grandma somebody who had an amputee leg somebody who's saying i can't do it and and they end up running a, a triathlon because of peloton's you know products they focus on the why how is their brand gonna help you further your life and so for me with cpr construction cleaning specifically i took that same route how can my brand help impact you and help you? And it wasn't about, hi, we do X, Y, and Z, which is a known factor. We do construction cleaning. And yes, of course, we talk about our services, but really it's all about touching people emotionally to get them very connected to you. So now here we are, you know, with on LinkedIn as a service-based um, provider, you know, gaining traction, growing exponentially. Now we are a franchise business. And I mean, for people who fo follow construction cleaning, we have over 5,000 followers who, you know, on LinkedIn, having a business page, showing pictures about construction cleaning. I, I still get shocked when I look at, you know, every day our growth on our social media platform. I'm like 5,000, who wants to see 5,000? But it's like, yes, I see why. Cause it's not about the cleaning. It's about the emotional aspect of it. And so even people who, you know, crypto is their life. How can they emotionally impact their 
their perspective clients or who, who they want to connect with. And it's literally all about building the same exact format on how you're going to sell your business and create a brand that is recognizable, but emotionally connecting with your audience, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And, th and that's, you know, very well said. And, you know, let's say if, you know, we're taking, you know, the industry of construction cleaning, I think, you know, maybe in of itself, it's not maybe intuitively sexy, as you mentioned. However, um, if, you know, first off, it's, you know, I think that type of service is absolutely needed. And I think especially with the lockdown and the pandemic, I think that kind of showed everybody how important, you know, those things are in our lives. But uh, people are looking for some source of either, you know, inspiration or direction, you know, regardless, I think, of, of industry. I mean, uh, you know, even if I was to look at other industries, let's say yours or, or elsewhere, if they have really the right type of leader and voice behind it, you know, almost to me, it doesn't matter what the product or service is at the end of the day. I think people are also looking to figure out, either figure out themselves or figure out what they want to do. As far as as far as making money and finding some sort of, you know, meaningful, you know, happiness. So and by the way, if you're able to take something, you know, to your credit, if you're able to take something like, let's say, construction cleaning and make it so appealing where you have these large followings of people on social media, you know, I can only imagine, you know, um, let's say if this was a, a sports car company, if this is a crypto company, I can only imagine what yeah. you can do with that, to be honest. Oh gosh, I so know, credit right? to you. <laughs> I know I've always been very inclined on trying to find the problems um, in industries and create solutions behind it. Right. It's, it's all about being able to be a problem solver. And I'd like to attest that to being a parent, being a, a mother. You know, I have three. Uh, just kidding. I have four daughters. I'm all three. I'm minus one. Just kidding. So I have four <laughs> daughters, but I have one who's you know, 18 years old. So I've been doing this parenting business for 18 years and it really taught me and each one are very different from each other. It really taught me how to understand how to communicate with different people. Right. And then also create solutions that is going to appeal to all, all four of these girls that I have. Right? right. And I really, you know, I think that I became so, you know, niched in that brain of, hey, I believe that I can find a solution that is going to work for everybody. And that's what I did with CPR construction cleaning. I found the problems and where the industry was really hurting and we created our business to emulate that, but as our strengths instead of our. Yeah. And could you talk a little bit about CPR cleaning, where it started, how its journey progressed through the pandemic and where it is now? Because, you know, I, I recall when we, when we first started speaking, it was, it was certainly a great story and an incredible amount of success within a short period of time. So I like these stories because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good wisdom to take away from this. And in fact, you know, you look at any society, any country on the planet, you know, our whole world is built on storytelling. You look at the, you know, you look at, you know, prehistoric times with, uh, you know, cavemen and cave women and, and tribes and stuff like that. And you look at now, you know, companies, products, it, it all starts with storytelling. Yeah. Before I go into that, sure. uh, you said something that I really wanted to, to kind of um, 
talk about just really briefly. Yeah, by all means. After, but you had said that people are really trying to find their best selves in business as well. And this is an area where I have really tight niched my entrepreneurialism is that, you know, for decades, I mean, for as long as I can even remember, and I'm sure even beyond that, I'm almost 40. So, Same here. <laughs> no, I, I have always, I was always taught business and personal totally separate, right? Like we've heard that saying, right. this isn't personal, it's business. You know, it's all analytical. If it's not working out on paper, it's not going to work. And then as becoming an entrepreneur and going through these crazy ebbs and flows, I started to take off these generational teachings in business that the two absolutely pair together, your personal life and your business life. And how do you create this feng shui of living where you feel like, I don't want to go in my life and say my, my business life is thriving and amazing, but my personal life is shit. Right. You know, I should be able to say that both are in alignment together. And that's the one thing, you know, as a myself, as a business coach and helping people create their brand is starting once again with a foundation, right? Everything has a bottom and then you build upon that. And if your foundation isn't sturdy, everything that you build on it, when hard times come, when trials come, when struggles come, everything you built is going to collapse. But if you have a really strong foundation of who you are, what you're going to do in business, and understand your weaknesses and your strengths, you will be able to overcome all of these hurdles, right? Even if you have to rebuild, that's all right because you're not starting from scratch. You're gonna be able to figure out how to reinvent yourself. And that's the really cool aspect of branding and understanding how to go beyond just sharing the name of your company, your logos, what you do, your service. And that's when you start resonating into this storytelling. So I just wanted to touch on that because I think that's that's perfect. important. And I don't think that enough people, they may think about it, but maybe they shoo it away and are like, no, I don't know if that's really makes sense. Just because so many of us have so much general uh, generational teachings and beliefs and to be able to have a change or a shift in mindset to, to recognize that maybe it's time to evolve and have a different way of perspective. Some kind, sometimes can be really, really Mm -hmm. difficult. So um, to go into my business though, So I started CPR construction cleaning with my business partner. Um, We started it at the end of August of 2019. We both still had our day jobs. And um, like I said, I had been in the industry with um, construction and commercial real estate for about 10 years at that time, 10 or 12 years 
at that time. And I always offered, you know, some type of service. And after I had some trials and errors, partnering with certain people, and I was just like, this isn't going to work. I kind of felt really deflated. I felt like flat on my face. I felt like essentially a failure. I was starting over and I had to have like a come to Jesus moment for myself. And I'm like, well, I love business development. I love marketing. I understand it, but I don't want to do that only forever. I don't want to have to go and do cold calls forever. I don't want to have to do, you know, I want to be able to evolve as someone in my industry. I wanted to be able to um, bring not just a service and helping people, but I wanted to make a difference in the industry. And so when I was literally at the bottom of what I was feeling at the time, I felt a lot of depression, a lot of sadness. I had just some things kind of fall into place in regards to construction cleaning and a light bulb went off in my mind. And I was like, it sounds like there are no companies today only specializing in construction cleaning. And that is why there is such a deficit and struggle and that there are a number of GCs who complain about the quality, especially the GCs who are building multifamily data center cleaning. This is a really high touch, high quality clean. This isn't just a warehouse space or even like an office space that can kind of make do with a 70% quality. This is like really serious, you know, business. And these, you know, building owners are coming in being like, wow, this place looks like crap. You know, they, they see the amazing work and effort that had been put into this building because all they see is dirty windows, smudgy floors, dust everywhere. And that's all they could focus on these nitpicking areas. And so when my business partner and I decided to create CPR construction cleaning, we really dove into creating all of these areas that were extremely needed. And to our surprise, I mean, of course, I thought I was going to have to put some back work into it, but it was such a needed market, niche market, that it blew up so quickly that by the time, because we bootstrapped our our company with $2,500 that was all invested into it. And by January of 2020, um, we went into the business full time. We quit our day jobs and everything. And we had a lot of work at that point still like coming to us. We were not expecting, you know, COVID to hit. Right. And I, a lot of people think that our success was based off of um, COVID cleaning. And it wasn't. It wasn't. People were appreciating the quality of clean and were right. having higher expectations of This is what clean looks like. Oh my gosh. And it just blew up like wildfire. It went from, you know, us starting in Phoenix, Arizona, going into, um, uh, into Utah and then over, we're about, we're going to celebrate three years in business in August of this year, but you know, we opened sites in California, in, um, Nevada, in 
Colorado and um, Texas. And it just kept like snowballing into this amazing success story. But I don't want to fool you because I can tell you all of this amazingness that happened and that we were now into, we were making multiple seven figures in less than two years. But there have been a lot of struggles, a lot of hurdles that we've had to face and confront within the industry of their archaic ways of doing things that has really impacted us as a company. So, you know, the, I'm not alone when it comes to, you know, you're, you on paper, it looks great. Everything's wonderful. But the reality of the way that business is handled in certain industries can really deeply impact your business. Right. And, and it's, this isn't just in construction, right? This, this can be in any industry. So as a business owner, what do I do? Do I just curl up and cry and say, Oh my gosh, I failed. This has failed. Absolutely not. Yes. I have to, you know, hone in and say, how can I fix this? This is a great opportunity, right? As I'm crying, I'm like, I'm going right. to turn the <laughs> around. My perspective sure. is this. What can I do to change the industry? How can I be somebody of impact? Well, what ends up happening is as I'm a voice, as I'm sharing, I'm bringing awareness to not only the problem, but also creating awareness to my brands, right? Not the unstoppable brand, CPR brand, our marketing brand. And I'm sharing this really because I want everyone to know that even when you hit these really difficult areas in your life that you're like, wow, this could really just close my doors. You've got to stop and think, how can I use this as almost essentially to my advantage. How right. can I turn this narrative around and utilize it? And it won't only help me, but it's going to do good for the future and for my industry. And I feel like this could be applicable really to anybody, anyone who's right. in any industry and owning any business and having any struggles, you know, don't just give up and quit. Right. You find a solution to why you're having a hard time in the first place, right? If it's right. really a lot of it has to do of outside of your control, you know, find a way, lobby what you need to lobby to make laws change so that it can improve not just your business, but everybody's business. And you're going to definitely make a name on the map for yourself and creating, you know, uh, awareness sure. brand. Yeah. And by the way, I think that was beautifully said. And I think, you know, going on to kind of um, dovetail off of, off of uh, what you just said. So, you know, putting some of those teachings into practice, what were some of those obstacles along the way? Because so often, you know, you know, whether these are anecdotally speaking, people I know, or, you know, or just people we encounter a lot of times, like, well, he or she's just lucky. That person just got lucky. Yeah. Um, and more often than not, I think if you're in some sort of entrepreneurial role, uh, so many things uh, are not lucky. Actually, I'd say quite the opposite. It's uh, 
more probable things actually go wrong. <laughs> and I think it's really your best efforts that really kind of mitigate or at least kind of push the ball forward, you know, so to say. It's almost like a it's like a it's like an endurance type of uh, race. It's not like a sprint at all, actually. It's really how far can you take yourself without just kind of giving up? And it seems like if you kind of beat the clock, a lot of times it kind of seems like that's when things kind of turn around, not just simply um, I'm going to put my best effort forward. It didn't work, so I'm just going to give up. And I think, unfortunately, that is the reflex of a lot of people, too. So, you know, not, you know, kind of not seeing behind the curtain just yet, but what were some of those obstacles along the way? Because like I said, it's very easy for people to kind of assume success comes easier for other people than others. I think that's my impression, you know, sometimes if you're just talking to people in the street, oh, they're just, you just got lucky. Oh, they're just in the right place at the right time. You know, that type of banter. So if you just met me right when I started to, you know, uh, create the brand for CPR and build that company, you probably would think, wow, like she landed the jackpot. I don't know anything about her. Her company is extremely successful and, you know, easy peasy. Right. But, um, you know, you have to think, what has that person been through? How long have they been building or trying to become an entrepreneur? And for me, you know, my story started truly back in um, 2011. I became a single mom. I was a single mom at that time with three daughters. Oh, wow. And I didn't have, you know, really any work experience outside of when I was in high school. And um, I got married very young. And obviously became a mother very young. I was 19 um, when I got married and um, had my first baby. And so I was really not equipped, right? Like I was literally starting at the very bottom. I didn't have any savings. I probably had about like $500 in my savings account. And I made a really hard and tough decision. I made a sacrifice of my comfort and eat because I knew that I was meant for more than I was being supported. And I knew that over time that I would find my comfort because of my hard work, my endurance and my perseverance. And so, you know, growing that being a single mom, going to work, um, you know, uh, going back to school and, pivoting all of that, like nobody sees that behind the scenes. And that was, you know, I started that back in 2011. We're in 2022. I've been putting in some back work, you know, yeah, I mean? say the least. So <laughs> a lot of back work. And, um, you know, I've had moments where I partnered with people and, you know, they, they essentially did me wrong and, you know, took money from me or didn't pay me the way that I was supposed to be paid. And I had to take these losses. And this happened multiple times to me throughout this journey. And, you know, I had to put in a lot of work and effort. And it was really building me into the person that I am today to then create the business to have the success that it has. And, you know, it took over time for me to really realize and like 
kind of hone into that whole problem solution. That's like, I'm like the problem solution expert in the service industry. I will figure out how to solve your problem and, and you will be a happy camper. And, you know, being able to hone in on this specific service and realizing this is doable and it's profitable, very, very profitable. I'm going to take the risk, even though I literally, like I said, I was down, not just down in the dumps. I was about to lose my house. I had lost my vehicle. I financially had invested in another opportunity that left me essentially feeling like I failed. And I could have gone one or two choices. I could have just been like, look, I have tried this multiple times. This is not working. Sure. And instead, I was like, this is meant for me. I learned something from this other experience. I know I have nothing left to give, but I'm going to give the very, you know, the very most that I have and give it because what else do I have to lose at this point? Right. You know, I was, I was willing and ready. And so that's where I'm saying like success has so many layers behind it. And for Absolutely. me, our layers that people couldn't see, but the story is still going, it's still growing and it has its ebbs and flows. And we've had moments where we're like, are we going to make it? Even though we're, uh, you know, a $4 million company, are we going to make it? Yeah. And, it, and it's just like, nothing is perfect. And it's so much easier to talk about your successes online. And this is the, you know, the struggles with social media is that, yeah, you know what? It's a lot easier for me to post and talk about how, you know, we just hit this multiple seven figures. Sure. But how do I tell you that I am not getting paid on time and right. that I'm struggling to collect on my invoices? Like, how do I write this in a post to like yeah. people? You know, it's right. that's the problem with social media is that to be as transparent and real, you still kind of have to walk these fine lines of what you share and what you don't share. And I try my hardest to be as real as possible, but you only see the tip of the iceberg of the success and of the struggles that we face on a daily basis. So, you know, if anybody's like following someone on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, Facebook, and they're just like, or TikTok, TikTok's another big one. Yeah. And they're like, wow, they just look like they're just thriving and sure. so successful and have all this money and look at their cars, look at their house, shopping, shopping. Like, first off, you don't know the reality of what they're sharing. Secondly, you don't know all the details on the aspect of how they even got there. Right. And so there's so many layers that people cannot be deceived. They need to find the people online who's going to motivate them, who's going to encourage them, who's who's going to say, this isn't this isn't easy. It's never easy. Right. You just have to be able to endure and weather the struggles and be willing to always put your Maybe not your best foot forward, because sometimes when I'm doing stuff, I, I'm crying literally and like cringing along while I'm doing it. But you gotta right. put your you gotta put your foot in front of the other 
to um, to ultimately be successful. And um, and it does not happen overnight, ever, ever. Right. And, you know, I think the shift in social media and content has been slowly. And I think it's going to go a bit more faster as time goes on towards authenticity. And, you know, knowing you now for, I think, almost like two years. And also, you know, I also know your story. And, you know, you came on. You were actually one of the first guests that came on to my show like a year and a half ago. So very, uh, very thankful for that. But you do have a way of. Doing that balancing act, I think, a lot better than most. I would say nine out of ten, um, maybe perhaps even the best that I know, where you're able to put your story out there, with, but you also simultaneously maintain the positive message. So kind of going, going to that whole discarding or throwing out traditional, I don't know, traditional wisdom or traditional knowledge – you seem to do it the best. And I have seen situations where people will put their personal struggles out there while trying to be inspirational. But I think a lot of times it has the opposite effect. Not in your case, when that is very, very clear. So how do you do that balancing act where you're sharing these very intimate parts of your life where you struggle to move the ball forward and put one, one foot in front of the other without, you know, taking away from the overall message. Because I, I feel that a lot of people, that's not intuitive, I think, for a lot of people. And like I said, I've seen it many times where people will put that personal struggle out there, but the struggle is, the struggle is kind of, you could say, um, you know, it's telling the story versus the lesson, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and it can, it can make yeah. the audience feel almost uncomfortable and right. don't know how to feel. Um, you know, for me, I do listen to my intuition a lot. That is a really big aspect of my life and in business. I have been taught multiple, multiple, multiple times in hard lessons about right. not listening to your intuition. And I think that everybody has, you just have to trust it. And, and then as you trust it and you continue to make those choices, um, you then will be, will be able to like fine tune and hear your intuition louder because instead of like, you know, fogging it away and saying, no, I'm going to push it right. away. It almost becomes like a habitual habit, right? Like, right you are not focused or you're not able to let that intuition come in. But if you start changing your practice on it, as soon as you hear or hear something or feel something like a gut feeling, listen to it, act on it and see what right. happens. But um, so, you know, it's interesting you, you bring that up because today I actually posted something that is very, very, very meaningful to my heart to my industry. And I definitely could have haters for what I said. I, I mean, everyone's going to have an opinion. Everyone's going to, you know, say that I'm wrong. And I still felt that if I have a large audience, I have, it's my due diligence to use my voice yeah. and, and to betterment my industry. And so, you know, in this particular post, I did talk about our one of our biggest struggles 
in construction, and I would say this is probably nationwide, but I know specifically for um, Arizona, we lack trade. So trade companies, a lot of the trade companies we have have been around for 20, 30 plus years. They've been around for quite some time and there's not enough people going into um, specialized trade practices and there's not enough new companies starting these trade practices like you know, electrical companies that specialize in construction or painting companies, HVAC, plumbing, framing, there's a scarcity. And for, you know, construction specifically here in Arizona is booming. And we can have GCs, tons of GCs. We can have all of them, but no GC actually does any of the building. They do the managing and the accounting and facilitating everything. And they have the skilled trade subs like myself perform the work. Right. And the, the problem is, is that people are not wanting to go into these areas because there's not, there is a lot of opportunity, but there's not because in construction, they have this ideal practice that is been done for eons of time, which is slow pay. And it's paid when paid. Even though I oh, have yeah. provided the service, I will not get paid for, you know, I can invoice and typical like payment for GCs are um, about 60 days, 60, 60, 90, 120 oh, wow. days. And I think that people forget that, you know, we're on multiple jobs a day. We're yeah. on more than two. We're on, you know, four to six jobs a day. And we're having to cash flow between three to $800,000 at one time. And as a new business, like this is unethical. And so I shared this, right? And it's not a complaint. It's being able to say, here's a problem. Here's a solution. This is going to help everybody. And is it hurting me and my family? Absolutely. But it's hurting everybody who's involved. It's hurting the economy. It's hurting. And so being able to like, uh, be relatable with a lot of people through your struggle is what's going to get people to say, I want to read this post. I feel what this person is feeling because it's not about me. Even though though I'm the one feeling it, I'm the one writing it. It's not about me. This is about everybody. And how do you, how do you talk about that? And this could be with people who talk about suicide. This is could, could be with people who talk about, you know, any type of disorder or struggles or divorce, maybe the pain is inside of you, but how can you say it in a way that can be applicable to everyone? So being able to, you know, tie those two together is the way that you're able to, to share the negative parts of your struggles, but connect other people in a positive way on why are you sharing this? Not to complain. You're sharing this because you want to make an impact to change people's lives for the better. Right. And, um, you know, that's just what I've been able to do on my end, you know, to help people through 
the struggles I've been through, things that I've experienced, failures, sacrifices, and you can do it in a way without being like, woe is me. Right. Yeah. This is how I changed my narrative. This is how I changed my perspective, or this is what I'm doing to help change my industry through my actions for everyone. Right. Very, very well said. And all, you know, and as a parent also, I have a, I have a four-year-old son, but you know, I, I was also thinking, you know, if I had a daughter, I certainly wouldn't want anybody to stand in her way, you know, just because just for the sake of being a girl. So I was wondering when you first went into construction cleaning and, you know, started your business and I guess you could say started building bridges and started making contacts. Did you face a fair amount of pushback by being a woman going into this space? Because if I was to, let's say, talk about the Northeast, like, like New York City, New Jersey, there are a lot of like very deep, deep historical practices and ties that don't get changed over time. Um, you know, very little changes in some ways. And this is just anecdotally speaking, as somebody who's not an expert, but somebody who does just have kind of a general awareness of, of some of these things as well. So being, you know, being where you are, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've always felt really comfortable being, I've always been in male dominated industries and I've always felt really comfortable in the space. I've dealt with, um, more probably like, you know, inappropriate comments, um, and suggestions or people alluding that I'm only receiving work because of what I look like, which is ex probably in my opinion, that is the most disrespectful thing to say, because I am a very, very hard worker. And, um, right, and it just dismisses so any type of effort or talent <laughs> or, you know, that, things or accomplishments. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've always still felt very comfortable being in that and being able to kind of weigh myself through without almost like blinders where I'm just like, I'm not dealing with that. Like, if that's how you're going to be, I don't want to work with you anyways. So I'm not even going to give you the time or the effort. Right. Um, and I think that because I behave exactly the same with a man and a woman when it comes to business, because business is not a gender business is business. I don't change. I don't have to be more assertive. I don't have to be, you know, more demanding. I don't have right. to be, I don't have to be anything. I'm just going to be Karina and how I do business and how I do it best. Um, I have found a lot of respect through, you know, the way that I am inconsistently, right? I'm consistent in the way I behave with a man or woman in business. Um, right. There's no difference for me. I will say that, you know, my business partner, he is um, a man and there have been enough times for me to obviously recognize where, you know, when we're walking a job site, they will directly talk to that, to him, right. They'll things to him. Um, they'll look at him instead of me sure. and, um, I don't cower. So I directly put myself <laughs> in that place, and, you know, I will respond and yeah. I definitely make myself like assert assertive the way that I would, if somebody was still talking to me, I have that answer. I'm going to give you that answer, you know, right. and, um, it's not about trying to be more of anything. It's just being myself.
And yeah. even the woman was, you know, I've struggled with women where women have been catty and hateful and hurtful to me. And, you know, there I've had a lot of women who, as soon as I start becoming successful, they drop me and I'm, oh, just, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not a part of the, the cool, the cool club or the clicks. I've, I've never been a part of that, but you know, even dealing with that, it's the same thing. I'm still going to be the same exact person. If you're going to ignore me while, and you'd rather talk to my business partner, I'm not going to cower in the back. I'm going to speak up and say my piece right. of my business that you're also talking about. So, you know, for me, it's never, it's, it's not a difficulty, but I know that it is for many women. And so one of the things that I like to be able to like talk about in campaign is just a great reminder that business is business. It is not a gender. And we just need to remember that, you know, for women, don't feel like you have to be more assertive or be ashamed of your emotions or feel shy because you're surrounded by men or that you're working with a man. And a man should feel very secure in having, you know, business dealings with a woman and how do they communicate? And right. everybody deserves respect. Everybody should be talking talk spoken to with respect. And you know, your title doesn't dominate anybody either. And it doesn't matter what position you are, or what gender you are, you know, that has nothing to do with it. You're still dealing with a human being. Um, right. So that's, you know, for me, that's how I have faced the journey, you know, being a part of a male dominated industry. Um, but I, I know that there are so many women that could really find a really great profession and opportunity and be business owners as well in the construction industry who probably feel, you know, shy about, even stepping foot in this highly dominated, you know, male dominated industry. So right. I just hope that other women's example of being a part of it and, and still keeping to who they are without having to change themselves. I hope that is what ends up making the difference, right? Like your example is better sure. than your words in my right. I agree. And, you know, anecdotally speaking too, um, you know, whether it's through, you know, other friends and colleagues of mine, you know, on the flip side, I know many of, let's say, my guy friends and colleagues who find it easier to work with women. And on the flip side, I've I spoke with many women who actually find it also easier to work with men. So like, you know, and I guess, you know, providing that perspective, that's kind of like the other side of the spectrum I've also encountered as well. Yeah, it's I mean, when you deal with business, in my opinion, it's like if you're looking at the gender, you're looking at the wrong problem. The wrong thing, yeah. <laughs> If I don't right. like you, it has nothing to do with any aspect of what you look like, your ethnicity, your race, no, nothing. Right. It's literally because you're being an asshole to me. Yeah, I was, took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, it's it, that's all there is to it. If you're being an asshole or, you know, for the flip side, I like you because you're being kind to me. It's not right. because you're a man. It's not because you're a woman. It's not because of your race. It has nothing to do with anything because I just look at you with how you're treating me and, and the behavior behind it. Right. So, you know, if I think more people just could 
have that, you know, have their mindset in business of like, right. I'm just doing business with another human. Perhaps like these industries that are so heavily dominated on either female or male, it would be, it could potentially, you know, right size itself and being almost an equal balance. I agree. And, you know, I think uh, even in my mind, I have something called like the, like the asshole litmus test. Cause really at the end of the day, that, that really is a signal to me as far as whether I want to deal with this person, you know, going, you know, going forward or not. And, and I think uh, being able to sense that, or at least know that um, it's also the easiest thing to make a decision about, okay, is this like a friend or foe right now? You know, and for me, like, you know, I'm not going to like somebody male or female just because they're from like the same neck of the woods as me. I mean, listen, it's nice maybe, but like, listen, if, if you're an asshole, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you look like or anything like that. Like, I don't like you, you know, so to say. So it's like moving on. It's really important to be able to surround yourself with people in general that help you to be your best self, right? Somebody who inspires right. you, who, um, helps you to to be the best version of yourself somebody who's ambitious and you know those things like really do rub off on you right it's yeah. it is true you kind of are who you hang out with and who you surround so. yourself with and you know to be able to um kind of take all of these you know if you're these these accolades or this you know these outside um, visuals of who you are and really are focused on what's inside. Yeah. Like not only are you going to build a really great friendship, you know, you're in specifically in business, you're going to have an amazing, you know, business partnership, but you're also going to be so um, inspired. And honestly, like I have some really great people in my corner because because of that, because of their like, and, and they're in my industry, you know, it, in construction and development and, you know, some are service providers as well. And it's just so cool to be able to be around people who are not only inspiring, but motivate you and um, support you into being right. yourself and, you know, and you really want to surround yourself with people like that, especially in business, because we spend most of our lives working. Yeah. You know, spend like 70% of our day working. Right. So you know, if you can choose the people you really want to work with and spend your time with, then, you know, just know that those are the people that are really going to rub off on you, even if you don't necessarily do direct business with them. But there in your kind of like business circle in yeah. your industry. Very, uh, very well said. And moving, moving from, from some of these uh, things we've touched on, could you talk about your podcast, the unstoppable podcast? You can kind of talk about that and how that journey has been and the type of people you've met and what it's taught you over time. Yes. I love my podcast. I'm so excited about it. Um, unstoppable hosted by me, Karina Burton. I started into like dabbling into podcasting or like thinking about it over a year ago. And it really overwhelmed me. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, how do I do this? I don't even know how to, I didn't know the first thing to do, how to even launch a podcast. So I, you know, kind of toyed with the idea. I was thinking names, thinking, you know, what would be, um, that, that thumbnail picture that goes on, you know, right. podcast <laughs> world on Spotify yeah. and Pandora and, um, Apple podcast, so on and so forth. And I just was like, I don't, I, I didn't feel like it was the right time, but yet I kept feeling like I needed to, to create this podcast. Sure. I really didn't even know what kind of niche I wanted to do, but I just kept going with the feelings. And then I decided one day last year to kind of like put it in a box and put it on the shelf and say, I'll come back to this when the time's right. Well, it just so happened that somebody had actually reached out to me at the end of the year and, and had said, you know, I want to be able to, um, I think that you should do a podcast. And I was like, yes, I do. I think so too. And he okay, said, sign, oh, yeah. I'd love to be able to help you. And so I'm like, okay, this may be the right time. Well, it was like just a few days before Christmas. I'm like, wow, I am like choosing to do this at like <laughs> horrendous time, but I'm like, right. do it now or never. So I jumped yeah. on the boat. Um, I have a coach. I, I also, so I'm a coach, but I also have coaching myself. And I was um, talking to her about the podcast and we were drumming up like a bunch of different names and we came up with Unstoppable. And really the basis behind Unstoppable is what people are drawn to when it comes to even my story. Because my story there are so many other people who have the same foundation of the story. It's just a different story. Right. And it has to do with what they do best. So on our, on our uh, show, we've had people who are um, in the crypto world. We have people who specialize in marketing and branding. We have people who are in hospitality. Um, we recently had a chef who's a sustainable chef who, you know, had a restaurant and now lives in the Netherlands. Um, someone who, you know, devoted and dedicated almost, you know, 25 years of their life to, um, to the U S services and then created a consulting company behind the, the leadership. So, you know, we have literally people from all over the spectrum. We have someone who's in the cannabis world who left their uh, their finance job that they went to school for and, you know, lived in Michigan and moved all the way to, um, oh my gosh, I was going to say Peru and now I can't remember, oh. but a completely different country. They didn't speak the language. They just had a belief that they right. wanted to do. And the, you know, with the unstoppable, it shares the story on how they got to where they're, where they're at. Right. Because right. there's always a story on how they have become this unstoppable person, not a perfect person, an unstoppable person, because it all starts within the mindset and it all everybody who's on the show continually says that spirituality, personal and business all are together in this amazing relationship to be able to create not only a very successful business, but then become the best version of themselves and making a difference in their industry and making really impactful changes. 
which is so exciting because I want other people to know that you can come from very difficult beginnings. You can have extremely difficult hardships, but your circumstances never define you. It's your choices. And what are your choices that you're going to make to change your life? And how are you going to get to your goals and your dreams through your choices? You know, and the, and the other thing I love to add, though, that everyone adds into the, the podcast is they add value add. How can their knowledge help you? So they'll give tidbits on how they can be successful. We had someone talk about TikTok, how they went from being a property manager to this extremely successful um, social media influencer creating a um, coaching business based off of TikTok. It's, I mean, it's amazing. And it's such a fun like journey to follow other people. And it inspires you to say, I can do this. Maybe yeah. that's not exactly what I want to do, but I've heard their story and they had to make all of these hard steps, sacrifices, choices to change their circumstance and their perspective of their future. So yes, if anyone's listening, please check it out. It is amazing. I love it. Absolutely. Not that, uh, I would, yes, I would behoove anybody, please check out Karina Burton's podcast, Unstoppable. It is very, very inspiring, very enlightening, and very well worth uh, dedicating some time to kind of just sit back, relax, and kind of soak in a lot of this knowledge and wisdom from really the collective experiences of your guests who, uh, you know, share these lessons and, you know, aspects, uh, you know, of your life. So, you know, Karina, I just wanted to say thank you very much for, for coming on today, coming back on today, uh, you know, now being a uh, returning guest uh, on the show for a second time. I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, what you have in store this year for, you know, your Unstoppable podcast and as well as your uh, your businesses, CPR Construction, CPR uh, production. So I'll definitely be, you know, as, as usual, I'll continue to be, uh, you know, viewing and interacting and celebrating the content that you're, that you're putting out there. And, you know, like I, like I mentioned earlier, you do have a certain way of being able to communicate these lessons very, very well through, you know, some of these, uh, some of these stories and experiences, you know, uh, you know, you have as well. And I think since the trend is moving toward, authenticity when it comes to when it comes to content you know I, I think already you have an advantage a very very strong advantage out there because it is going to come down to who can communicate this authenticity the best through you know their life experiences and you know if you're you know if it's if it's an individual let's say you know on one hand if it's an individual like you know somebody who's been handed everything to them and who hasn't really lived a lot and doesn't have that type of um life experience, they can't really tell those stories, you know, um, you know, very well. And that's not to, that's not to shit on anybody who's born with a silver spoon in of itself. But the fact of the matter is, is that you do need to have that grit. You know, you do need to have that in some ways you really kind of need to have those scars to really inspire, you know, and motivate people. And I think more often than not, the moment you put yourself out there, you know, on camera, you know, through some form of content, people can tell immediately, you know, for the most part, people can really, you know, you know, tell. So, you know, it's one thing if you built yourself up, you know, through pure grit and really pure resilience through, you know, through good and bad, 
but let's say mostly bad because that's kind of where we all as humans kind of learn the most. You know, it's easy to kind of, you know, uh, be, be and feel great when things are going well. It's, it's, I mean, I think human nature, we prefer that, but that's not really the time in your life where you're really per se building or really learning a lot. A lot of times it's when you fall flat on the face, either through your own fault or just through, you know, fate or whatever, you know, hand you're dealt with. So I think uh, when people look at content, they are trying to figure out their own situation in, in various, you know, in various degrees. And that's kind of one of the ideas I came, came about with. So I think when people are looking at your content, they're also trying to translate your context for how you're going about your journey into, you know, into their own lives. And so I think if you're able to sincerely convey that, which, which you're able to, uh, you know, I have absolutely no doubts at all about these continued success of the unstoppable podcast, you know, and, you know, and your, and your businesses, because authenticity is carrying the torch nowadays, you know, of course, along with the traditional things like hard work and, and whatever else, but I think more so than ever, that message and that authenticity and that type of substance, so to say, yeah. that's needed more so, you know, more so than ever. People really need to hear how it really is, not kind of things with, not things that are per se packaged in the most, you know, ideal way. You know, I think years ago I saw more of the uh, type of influencer, you know, it still exists, but I saw more of it years ago, um, you know, the, the, the man or the woman in the yacht or the Ferrari, as time goes on, I see less of that actually. And I think there's a good reason why, because it doesn't provide any type of information or wisdom. It doesn't tell you anything. Um, yeah. it's, it's completely self-serving to the creator of that. So what you're doing effectively is this is actually completely altruistic in many ways. You're actually really, putting the seed in people's heads, how to actually go about their own stuff through really the story and the lesson you're putting out there. So, uh, you know, I think without you knowing it, you're doing a tremendous amount of good in the world. And, you know, I, I feel like uh, for many people who are entrepreneurs and uh, enterprises and stuff like that, you know, if you're making a difference, you're not, most of the time, you're not going to see the immediate results now. But I feel like in almost very unexpected ways, you find out you know, through other people. And I think, uh, that's, I think that's very, very good. And I think that's also um, very promising, uh, you know, to say the least. I think it's a testament to what you're doing. So, yeah, like I said, Karina, thank you very much for coming back on. I'm, I'm looking forward to tuning in a lot more as, as well. So, yeah, please keep me posted on, uh, on all the good stuff you're doing. And uh, I'll continue to follow and I'll continue to also get the word out on uh, the things you're doing as well. I appreciate it. Thank you again for having me, Adam. Thank you. And listen, I hope, I hope you and your loved ones have an excellent weekend. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. And I'll, I'll definitely talk to you soon then. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And take care. Yay. <laughs> bye. Well, bye.